Well, good evening, y'all, and happy Lord's Day. Thank you. <clears throat> Guys, uh, today I was very torn on what to talk about. Uh, that gospel reading is fantastic, um, but that first reading really hit me. It really tugged on my heart. The prophet Amos, right? We never really talk about him. Um, I don't think in the nine years that I've been a priest that I've ever even preached about Amos. And so I was really kind of intrigued uh, at him. And that first, the very, very first sentence is what kind of got me. Today's going to be a little more of a teaching homily because um, I want to I hit something really cool. It says that Amos, this is who he was. He says, I am no prophet, nor a prophet's son, but I'm a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore trees. And the Lord took me from following my flock and said, Go, prophesy to my people Israel. What is Amos talking about right here? Well, back in the Old Testament days, there were groups. You could go to school to be a prophet. Imagine doing that. Hey, I'm going to Nichols to study to be a prophet. That's kind of fun, right? That's what you're majoring in, prophecy. But there were actually prophet schools that they would go to, right? And so Amos is saying, I didn't go to those kind of schools. This wasn't a gift also that was passed down. My grandfather and my dad, they weren't prophets. He says, I was just a herdsman. I was a dresser of sycamore trees. What's he mean by that? He was just an ordinary guy. He was a normal layperson just like you. You could look at me and say, well, Father Mitch, I've, I can't be a prophet. Why? Well, because I didn't go to, the, to school for theology. I don't have a certificate in catechesis. I'm not a deacon, right? So I can't be a prophet. That's basically what he's saying. I'm just a normal guy. But God called me, right? He didn't have the credentials of the prophet except for the fact that God called him to be a prophet. And so I want to kind of like stop right there because I have a question for you. Do you know that you're a prophet? Did you ever think of yourself as prophets? No? <laughs> no. Most people don't, right? We don't think that the average layperson, you, sitting in the pews, are the prophets. You say, oh, no, that's for the priest. The priest is the prophet. He speaks the word of God. The nuns are the prophets. They speak the word of God. No. You're a prophet. When did you become a prophet? I'm speaking to your identity right here, all right? When did you become a prophet? Yes, baptism, exactly. This is what happened to you in baptism. Whenever we became baptized, something happened in our souls which can never, ever, 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 ever be erased. And it, I, re, I liken it to a branding iron. This is my buddy's branding iron. His name is Billy Joe. That means he's a cowboy with a name like that. Um, <laughs> This is, this is Billy Joe's branding iron, right? What does he do with that? Well, he gets these cattle, and he claims this cattle as his own. He heats this bad boy up, and he goes, and he brands it, right? And everybody at the rodeo knows which cattle are Billy Joe's cattle because it has his brand on it. In baptism, you and I were branded by the Holy Spirit. Literally, an indelible mark was placed upon your soul, which will never, ever, ever, ever be erased. Death can't even erase it. It's a mark in our souls that will always make us cry out, Abba, Father. It always makes us cry out for Him. It makes us His child. Just like your own kids, there's nothing they can ever do to erase the fact that you're their parent. They can disown you, they can change their name, but the reality is there's nothing that can change the reality of that DNA, right? 
That's in essence what happens in baptism. But there's a moment of baptism. I'm going to fast forward for you. Where we use chrism oil in baptism. We only use chrism oil three times. This is the oil that smells really, really, really good. Right? It's delicious. And we place the oil all over the baby's head. I mean, I pour it thick on that baby's head, and I just rub that baby's head all over with chrism oil. And what it's doing is it's the moment where the baby shares in the threefold nature of Christ, priest, prophet, and king. You had this happen to you. At baptism, you became a priest. That means that you became a person who's going to pray and a person who can offer up sacrifices for other people for their good. Right? So you became a priest. You became a prophet, which means that you were able to speak the word of God and hear the word of God to other people. And you became a king. The kingship of Christ. It's an authority that's been given to you. That's the authority the apostles had in today's gospel, wasn't it? Jesus said, I give you an authority. What? Go out and expel demons and heal people. It's an authority that he has that's over that of the enemy. The kingship. So let's focus on this prophecy that you've been given because you're all prophets. And it was happened to you right there at the moment of baptism. Now, just a little side note. I don't know if any of you have ever watched The Lord of the Rings. A few of you? Yeah. If you haven't, go to confession. You should watch it, all of you. Right? It's a fantastic Catholic movie. Well, there's this threefold nature of Christ is seen in three of the different characters. Frodo is... The priest, he's the one that goes and offers up the sacrifice, destroying the ring, the sin. Gandalf is the prophet. And then the king is the king. So in those three characters, you see Christ manifested in their characters. It's absolutely fascinating. Okay, back on track. Um, Okay, so prophets, what do we do as prophets? Well, we speak. That's what prophets do. You speak. And we get kind of sometimes confused. We think, we think sometimes, well, a prophet is somebody who knows something of a futuristic event that's going to take place. Yes, that is a particular type of prophecy. But I'm speaking about the normal prophecy given to us in baptism, right? We speak God's words, His truth, right? And so how do we do this in practical ways? Well, little bitty, simple ways, um, You could say easily, somebody sneezes. A little simple way to show somebody that you're a person of faith, you could say, God bless you. And in South Louisiana, you're not going to get any kickback, but some places they might look at you and go, I can't believe you just now told me God bless you. I'm offended. How dare you say God bless you to me, right? In our day and age, for us to speak sometimes about simple religious truths can be a cause of offense, right? Everybody gets offended. We're too sensitive today, right? How do we be prophets? It could be easy things like grace before meals whenever you're out out and about, out of the restaurant, and you make the sign of the cross and you say grace. It doesn't have to be a big announcement, right? You don't have to get your glass and ding, 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 and say, hey, everybody, stop. You're doing, whatever you're doing, just stop, watch. Look at me, I'm about to exercise my ministry of prophecy. I'm going to say grace. Look at me, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something really simple as just saying grace, bowing your head as a family, putting the phones away, not at the dinner table. It's a witness to other people. I love whenever I'm out and I'm I'm out having dinner with people, and all of a sudden you look across the 
the restaurant and you see a little couple that's at the end over there and they make the sign of the cross and they grab hands across the table and they pray. Yeah, it's just such a cool witness. It says that they are people of faith. They believe, right? You know, I, I'll never forget. Sometimes prophecy is not always easy. Sometimes it's a bit uncomfortable too, isn't it? Whenever we're called to speak a truth to someone that we know is going to be a difficult conversation to have. But we have to have it. Why? Because you're a prophet. You have to speak God's word. In season and out of season, popular or unpopular, we speak God's word. I'll never forget, um, whenever I was in CPE, the, I was in the seminary and we were in the hospital. And uh, I was assigned to the cancer floor. And so everybody on my floor had cancer to some degree or another. Some of them were in there for an entire month, completely isolated from their families as they had all this medication. Um, and I'll never forget um, honestly praying for them at night. And I would write little sticky notes, and I would give it to them. Now, whenever, you're, whenever you have cancer, you're not going to be offended by somebody saying, I'm praying for you. That's whenever people are like, okay, I really need your prayers right now. Right? And so I would honestly pray for my patients. And I would, I would, if God gave me something, a scripture passage, as I was praying for them, I would write it down and I would give it to them the next day. A little things like that go a really long way. I remember whenever I was in physical therapy, um, back before I went to the seminary, the, uh, the month or two months before I went to the seminary, I had my meniscus repair. And uh, my physical therapist, um, was, was a Catholic guy, and so, of course, it was easy for him to pray with me before he would work out on me, um, but three days a week, that's what he would do, and he would do it with other people as well. He was a man of faith, and so every single morning before he would ever bend my knee, he would lay hands on it, and he would start praying over my knee and asking for God to heal my knee. Crazy thing, Lee, you're a physical therapist. I had a complete meniscus repair, right? I was non-weight bearing for an entire month. By the time I finished one and a half months of therapy, my bad leg was stronger than my good leg, and they came over for Mass at my house when the bishop came over to say a Mass for my family, and they came over to my house, and I was sprinting outside, running and throwing the football in Frisbee. And that shouldn't have happened, right, Lee? No, shouldn't have happened. <laughs> right? Why did that happen? Well, because he was praying over my knee three times a week. Right? That was his way of exercising the ministry of prophecy. In a very simple way. And granted, it helped that he knew that I was going to be a priest. But Kramer did that all the time with anybody. Right? He was just exercising this ministry of prophecy. And so these are the ways, simple little ways that we can do it. Right? When somebody asks you to lead prayer, don't be afraid. You know, I, don't, oh, I don't know how to do that. I'm kind of afraid to do that. No, you know how to pray. Even if it's as simple as, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Easy prayer. Simple prayer. I had a seminarian tell me the other day that he was in a hospital and they were going through some things and um, the team that was like kind of his, I don't know, evaluation team or whatever, they asked him to pray. And so he began to pray. And whenever he started praying the Our Father, at the end of it, they said, why did you pray that prayer? He said, well, because that's how Jesus taught us how to pray. She said, well, you know, you just offended that person right there because they don't believe God's a father. They think it's his high, that, that's the higher power. And so it's crazy whenever we begin to think about these. I'm like, no, God is not the higher power, right? God is a father. Jesus Christ is the one who reveals to us who God is. And Jesus says, when you pray, say, he doesn't say, say our higher power. He says, say our father, right? This is, in, this is 
essential to the belief of who God is. He's a father who comes to us and he claims us as his own. He's branded us in the brands of baptism, the fire of the Holy Spirit. He's claimed us as father when we put a spirit inside of us as sons and daughters that cries out, Abba. Like this is who he is. We can't just relate to him as my higher power. That's completely impersonal. Yes, he is all powerful. Yes, he is almighty. Absolutely. But that's not who he is. He's father. And he has claimed us as his own. And he's given us a share in the own nature of his son Jesus as priest, prophet, and king. And how much is the world trying to silence the prophets in our world today? The media is trying to silence the prophets that are out there today. That's you, that's me as Christians. They're trying to silence the voice of the Christian. Everybody else has an opinion, but not us. Why? Because prophets aren't very light. <laughs> We're not out for popular election. See, we have to continue to live in this identity, y'all. Right now in our world, I would dare say that the world needs prophets more today than it has ever in this world. We need men and women who are going to stand up for the simple little things that don't have to be big things, simple little ways to let people know, no, I'm a believer. I'm, I'm a person who believes in Christ, and I'm going to pray with you before surgery. I'm going to pray with you whenever you're going through tough times. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to speak God's word and his truth to you. Why? Because the truth sets us free. That's why. And that's the love that we have for other people. We want them to be set free. Right? Every surgeon that I know wants their patient to be healed. Right? They want them to be free of the pain that they were in. So that's part of Christ's love for humanity seen through them. He wants us to be set free. And guess what? He's given us the power to be set free. Right? And so let's not shy away from that. I hope you realize tonight something about you that's been wondering, who am I? What am I doing? Why do I have this ache inside of my heart? Well, it was because you're called to be a priest and a prophet and a king in this world, and we've got to live those identities out. And when we do, expect things to change. There'll be a fire inside of your belly that's going to begin to burn because you're living in the identity that Christ has shared with us because of our baptism. So this week, a challenge for you. In some small way, live out this identity of prophet. Whether it's praying with somebody at work, whether it's writing a little sticky note to someone, whether it's talking to your spouse about things that y'all needed to talk about for the past 10 years and just having that conversation, whether it's leading your family in prayer, bringing them back to the church, in some small way, Whatever it might be, let someone know that, hey, I lit a candle for you at church. I went and made a holy hour for you. Um, whatever it is, exercise that, that mission, that identity of prophet, so that the world begins to shine a little bit brighter because you've chosen to begin to act out this identity that was given to you freely in our baptism so we can really, really proclaim who Christ is by the way that we live. Amen.